Lord, I pray that You would help us this morning as we are desiring to bear fruit in our lives, that we would pursue the best, Your best for us. That we would shake off the rotten fruit and and hold on tight to You, that we would abide and remain connected to You. Lord, this morning as we are unpacking what does that mean? What are these fruits of the Spirit for? Why, why are they important? Lord, I pray that You would speak to our hearts and help us to learn how to follow You. How to follow You. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 5, verses 25 and 26. We've been in this chunk of Scripture for the last couple of weeks and we'll continue to be there. But it says in verse 25, Since we are living by the Spirit, Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Our personal growth spiritually as we are growing in the fruits of the Spirit leads us to clarity and peace that when we are connected to God, when we are connected to the vine, which is Christ Jesus, when we are living by the Spirit, when we are following the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives, that's going to bring clarity. That's going to bring peace. Because He's not going to lead you in a direction that's going to harm you. He's not going to lead you into a direction that's going to cause you to be stressed out. It's not going to lead you. He's not going to lead you in a direction that's going to take you down the wrong path. So how do we do that? How do we? A a different uh, translation uh, of Galatians chapter five, verse twenty-five says this. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You know, sometimes in the, in the wintertime, uh, we like to go out. Jessica and I, uh, a few years ago, we were uh, creating a moment that has kind of been recorded in the, the, the annals of history at Camp Hickory Hill when we went for the father-daughter winter campout, uh, which isn't really a, supposed to be a campout, the father-daughter and father-son events that happen there, uh, normal people sleep in cabins with heat. Um, but we're not normal people. And, and so we packed up all of our stuff, and there was a place down on the other side of the creek that we have historically camped with Royal Rangers and and, and for father-son events. And so we were going we were gonna hammock uh, at father-daughter no matter what. And so we had boots and snowshoes, and all of our gear was being pulled behind me in a sled. And the snow was so deep that uh, it was it was difficult. You ever been in snow where it's so deep that you you have to follow? in the footsteps of the person that's ahead of you. Because if you're the one that's out there in front, right, you're, it's tough. You, you step into the snow, and, and sometimes you just it sinks all the way down. Um, there was a, a time I was uh, at a 
the Wild at Heart retreat in Colorado, and it was in January in the Rockies. And there was a part of the the trip, the part of the retreat, where they said, "Go get by yourself. Go get alone, um, but just between you and the Lord, and find a spot, you know, here in the building or around the property." It was there was tons of snow, but it wasn't like so cold you couldn't be outside. And I saw this little ledge kind of like poking out of the snow off to the side of the parking lot. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go sit on that ledge and look out over the valley and the mountains and the snow. It's going to be amazing. And so I climbed up over the berm of snow that was on the edge of the parking lot. And it was just, you know, from from me to where, where Chick is right now, not that far. And so as I'm coming down the snow pile, I step off into the snow thinking that I was about to step on solid ground and sunk up to my armpits in snow. And I was like, I am not in Kansas anymore, or I'm not in New York anymore. Um, I had to fight my way through the snow to get there um, because I thought that I was going in a good direction, right? And, and I... And I the way looked like it was okay, but it was, you know, how deep could it be? Very deep. Um, staying in step with the Holy Spirit is, is one of those things that will allow us to keep that connection with Him and knowing, trusting that He's going to lead us in the right direction. And so as we talk about the Holy Spirit, sometimes we... we struggle with understanding it like god the father we get right we have the we kind of have a reference of what that who he is uh because we have an earthly father and whether you have a, a good relationship with your earthly father or a bad relationship sometimes people's perceptions of god get skewed because they didn't have the greatest relationship with our with their earthly father and so it, it they project that onto our heavenly father and uh, Jesse and the worship team, thank you so much for leading us this morning. Uh, that song, Good, Good Father, He is a good, good Father. Whether your Father on earth was great or not, He is a good, good Father. And so we understand, uh, at least uh, somewhat, we can wrap our heads around God the Father. And, and, and Jesus is God the Son. We totally get that, right? Because He actually came and lived here in a, as, a, as a physical human being. And and went through all the things that, that we go through. The Bible says that he suffered and, and he experienced life as a human being just like we do. And so we can relate to him. We can understand who he is and what kind of a person he is as we, as we read scripture. But the Holy Spirit is that third person in the Trinity that is like, how, how do I relate to something? You know, Because sometimes we think of the Holy Spirit as uh, an impersonal force that He's just out there like gravity. And that's not the case because He is an actual person. He is, he is part of the Godhood and he, the Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Holy Spirit can be insulted. The Holy Spirit can be, uh, can be hindered. And, and the Holy Spirit was sent to earth by Jesus to guide us and teach us and empower us. And so we can reach out and pray to the Holy Spirit and invite His presence in, us, in our lives because He's been sent to us so that we can better follow and abide and remain connected 
to the vine. So how do we do that? Today we're going to unpack four ways that we can follow the Holy Spirit. And, and so how do, how do we do that? The first one, if you have your Bibles, the, the passage will be on the screen, but for some reason the, the actual um, the verse doesn't show up. So if you're looking to write these down, here we go. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16, 17, and 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16, 17, and 18. Here it is. This is what it says. Paul's writing to the church in Thessalonica, and he says, Always be joyful. Verse 17, never stop praying. Number 18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Bruce, are we having trouble getting that up? It's not on there. Of course it isn't. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 Never stop. The New Living Translation says, never stop praying. In other translations, it's pray without ceasing. Right? Number one way, if you want to know how to follow the Holy Spirit, how do we follow Him? Talk to Him directly. We can speak to the Holy We can pray and, 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 and have a conversation with the Holy Spirit. We can talk directly to each member of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they each occupy a role in our lives. Every morning in prayer, you can welcome Him into the role of leadership in your life. You can, at the start of every day, say, Holy Spirit, I invite You to, to be with me today, to guide me, to speak to me, so that You can reveal the presence of Christ wherever I am today, at work, at school, at home. Holy Spirit, Speak to me. You know, as a, a leader, I am. There are constantly times where where I am in need of His guidance, where I need direction, I need clarity, I need help when I'm facing a decision or a crisis or a difficulty. And so many times we are just we will try to figure it out on our own. We, you know, my 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 son Nathaniel has this famous phrase. It's going to be on uh, his yearbook quote uh, as we get his senior yearbook this year. Uh, it's the, the classic Dickerson phrase, I got this. Right? And so many times we think, you know what, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that hard of a problem. Don't worry, God. I got this. And, and those are famous last words because typically what happens after we say, don't worry about this, Lord. Don't worry about this, Dad. I got this. The next thing you know, you are stepping from what you thought was solid ground into a, a, a canoe. And you're like, don't worry, Dad. I got this. And now you're in the water. Right? Or it's a situation with your kids or with your spouse. And you're thinking, no, this is not that hard. I don't really need to spend a whole lot of time thinking about this. I got this. And the next thing you know, how did I end up here? We can verbally address Him and immediately He will give you direction to sort out whatever that is. I love this. Mark Batterson uh, from National Community Church wrote this in his book, All In. He said, Most people in most churches think 
they are following Jesus. But I'm not so sure. They may think that they're following Jesus, but the reality is this. They have invited Jesus to follow them. Ouch. Too many times we want Jesus to follow us and serve our purposes and do our will. And that's not what He says. He says, follow Me. Number one, you want to follow? Talk to Him. Every morning, invite His presence into your life, into your marriage, into your career, into your job, into your parenting, into your efforts at school. Holy Spirit, I need You. I was listening to a a gentleman on the news uh, earlier this week. There was an announcement about the the, uh, possibility of reintroducing prayer in school. And um, what's amazing is that the guy jokingly has said the same thing that youth pastors have said for decades, that uh, you can't remove prayer from school. As long as there are exams, there will be prayer in school. Right? Um, But we can invite the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, verbally reaching out and saying, Holy Spirit, I need you today. Number one, talk to Him directly. Hebrews chapter 3, verse, do we have that one? Awesome. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 and 8 says this. It says, this is why the Holy Spirit says, today when you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested Me in the wilderness. So number one, we have to open our mouths and speak. And then, after we have spoken, shut up and listen. Because so many times, I, I know I'm, I'm guilty of it, is that I want to take all of the things that I'm struggling with and all the things that I need, and I, I, I rattle them all off. God, I need this, and I need this, and I need this, and I need this, and I need this. And then it's like, okay, good, I'm done. And now I'm out the door. Right? And I don't take the time to stop and listen to His response. He speaks to us through His Word. He's the author of the Bible and He knows it pretty well, I think. And and so for, for us, hundreds of different verses have stood out to me over the years that when I needed guidance, my, my source of inspiration, my source of direction has come from His Word. If you want to hear Him speak, read His book. Make it the first thing that you put into your head and into your heart every single day. He speaks to us through His Word. Speaks to us in our impressions. Sometimes when we're asking him for direction, he will he will give us uh, an impression that will enter your conscious mind. That I feel uh, okay, Lord. I I feel this impression that you're speaking to me in this way. And and sometimes you don't even know that it's happening. Sometimes you'll be in a conversation with someone, and you'll be 
wrestling with something or sharing a story about what's going on in your life, and and they'll you'll begin to share a thought with them that is not your thought, right? Because sometimes we're not sometimes all the time we're not that smart, but you will find that you begin to share something with that person with wisdom that that you know you didn't come up with. That's the Holy Spirit speaking through you, giving a word of wisdom, of encouragement and direction and clarity for that person. So sometimes we we need to listen, not sometimes, every day, we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. What is He speaking to you through His Word? Sometimes, uh, many times, He will speak to us through other people. He speaks to us through our parents. He speaks to us speaks to us through our pastors and through our peers. The Holy Spirit has used people that I have submitted my ministry and and my trust to, and and they will speak encouragement and life into me when I am struggling. Sometimes sometimes I have to reach out for it and say I am struggling. I need help. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will will trigger one of my friends and they'll just reach out on their own. Hey. I just want to let you know, as I was praying this morning, I felt like the Holy Spirit say, pray for Rob today. And I don't know what's going on. I don't even need to know what's going on. But I just want you to know I'm praying for you. And, and this is the verse that God gave me for you. Anybody ever have that happen? It's the Holy Spirit guiding and directing. Listen to that when it happens. Listen to Him through the Word. Listen to Him through the impressions that He will give. And, and again, remember that the, that whole process of hearing the Holy Spirit and then sharing that with someone. Here at LifeQuest, we, we are very careful because sometimes you can have a, uh, a thus saith the Lord that is not the Lord, right? So um, if you have something that you feel like, I, I feel like the Lord has given me a word of encouragement or a word of wisdom, the Scripture is very clear that if you're giving that, if you're verbally communicating that to someone else, there need to be a people involved in that process. And and specifically, if it is something that is of a prophetic nature where you're giving direction or you're giving correction uh, or, or any of those things, you need to find one of the elders from LifeQuest, which is Matt. Matt, there he is. See, this is how I keep Matt awake. Uh, he worked it overnight last night. So, um, Or you need Tom. Tom's over here. Or you need Carl. Uh, or you need me to, to be there to where there are two or three witnesses so that we don't get sidetracked in wackiness. You follow me? Um, the same thing. I know some people, uh, as, as we were... Um, Planning out 2020 and, and talking about what do we want God to do um, at LifeQuest and in the hearts and lives of people. Uh, I think it was Stacy that made a comment that said, Pastor Rob, you need to be careful. And I said, why? She said, because if we're not careful, people may think that we're actually a Pentecostal church. Um, and I'm like, because we are. We are. We believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still available to us today. And uh, and so um, you know one of those one of those questions of well well how come we don't have people speaking out in tongues with interpretation on Sunday mornings I don't know I wonder 
if it's because we don't have anyone who has the gift of interpretation. And so he's not going to send a tongue if there isn't someone to interpret it. Does that make sense? So maybe we need to have some folks pray, Lord, give me the gift of interpretation. Let's let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. But again, if there's something where in a Sunday morning worship context that you feel like you've got something from the Holy Spirit that you feel is for the congregation, there is absolutely a way for you to do that. Come find me. Come find one of the guys, Matt, Tom, or Carl, and say, I feel like God's given me something to share. And, and we, will, we will listen to that, and we will say, okay, this is where we feel it fits best in the context of today's worship service. And when that part comes, we'll invite you to come up and share it. Does that make sense? It's kind of like an in-house kind of a teaching moment here for us. Um, because the scripture says that we are to be to do things in decency and decently and in order, and and so we're not proponents of chaos. Uh, we want things to be done decently in order, but we we want you to understand that we we invite the Holy Spirit's presence. And so maybe you're here and uh, you haven't experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet, where. When that happens, when you're filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit, um, that, that the Bible teaches that the initial physical evidence that comes out of that experience is a prayer language that you don't know. Uh, and you may hear people at LifeQuest throughout our worship services praying in their prayer language. And, and I've had people ask me the question, well, I heard them speaking in tongues. How come there was an interpretation? Because they weren't talking to you. They were in their own private expression of worship, praying in their prayer language, and it's none of your business. But if someone were to speak out in a message in tongues, out loud, that interrupts things, we're going to stop and say, okay, Lord, what's the interpretation of that? Um, Does that make sense? It's important that we understand this as we talk about what does it mean to follow the Holy Spirit and how do we hear Him. And so... um, Listen to His voice. He speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us uh, through words of wisdom and through words of knowledge and impressions that he, you will feel, I feel like I'm supposed to say this. And then He speaks to us through our parents and our pastors and our peers. The whole, now here's the thing. When we're talking about listening to someone who comes to you and says, I feel like I have a word from God. For you. That is powerful, and at the same time, it's dangerous. Right? A lot of times, we'll deal with people who will say, we've decided that we're going to start a ministry, or we're going to do something, we're, we're going to leave the church. Well, have you prayed about it? Yeah, we've prayed about it, and, and they will they will take the God told me trump card out of their back pocket and say, Pa, we really feel like God's telling us that we're supposed to leave the church. At that point, there's no rebuttal. There's no conversation. There's no nothing. Because nothing that I can say can trump, well, God told us we're supposed to leave. Now, did God really tell them to leave? I don't know. 
my guess is there are a lot of times that that's just the excuse that we use so we don't want to have a conversation. That's kind of hard to hear, but it's true. If you're, if you're hearing from God and God is speaking and guiding and directing you, be careful when you say, God said we're supposed to do this or this or this, unless you absolutely know that God said. Everybody still my friend? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Check me. Sure. I would say that if with a prophetic, with, if we're talking about it, a prophetic utterance as we're in that worship context, I don't think that a prophetic song is going to specifically be giving direction or guidance to an individual. And that's, and that's okay. I'm saying I'm okay with that. I don't think you need to get approval for that. If all of a sudden in the middle of my sermon someone starts breaking forth in prophetic song, then we have a situation. Right? Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Absolutely it does. It is still okay. Yeah, great question. Thank you. Um, I, I don't know if, I, I, I'm sure I've, I've shared the story before about the, the guy who was uh, in a uh, worship service and felt like he had a prophetic word from the Lord for the congregation. And so he stood up and he said, Just as the Lord parted the seas for Noah... God is going to part the seas and you're in our difficult situation and, and He's going to make our way straight. Thus saith the Lord. And He sits down and His wife elbows Him and she's like, you moron. It was Moses. And He stands back up and He says, Oops, saith the Lord. It was Moses. And then sat back down. Does the Holy Spirit, oops, ever Never. If someone shares something with you and you're like, that does not line up with Scripture, that was not the voice of the Holy Spirit. You with me? Are we tracking? Okay, awesome. I love this. When we're talking about listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, consider the relationship between a herd of sheep and their shepherd. Uh, the shepherd guides, he nourishes, he protects the sheep of his flock, and the role of the sheep is onefold. They have one job. The sheep's job is to come when the shepherd calls. When they, when, when the shepherd calls, they listen, and so and they've learned that when the shepherd calls, it's for good things because the shepherd calls because it's time to go to grassy pasture. I'm going to lead you in a direction that's going to provide for you that you're going to be fed and nourished and it's going to bring you life. When the shepherd calls too, he'll call when there's a wolf or when there's a thief attempting to overtake them. The sheep are dependent on the shepherd to speak direction and life and safety. And our relationship with the Holy Spirit is the same. Our job is to simply know and hear His voice and then what? 
obey. Follow. Follow. To stay in step. When he says, okay, this is the direction that we're going. He's never going to send you off on your own and not go with you. Right? Moses was scared to death with what God had laid out for him to do. You're going to go back and you're going to speak to Pharaoh and you're going to set my people free. And, and I can imagine Moses' paralysis of fear. Like, how in the world am I going to do this? I think you just gave me the stutter. Right? That, that paralyzing fear of, I have to do this. And then God says, you're going to go do this, Moses, and I'm coming with you. He'll never lead you in a direction that he's not also going to go there before you. Number one, we need to speak. We need to every day invite him in. Ask him for direction. Shut up and listen to his voice. If you have your Bibles, Philippians chapter 7, verses 6 and 7 says this. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Number one, speak to Him directly. Number two, listen to His voice. Number three, follow your peace. The, the nation of Israel followed the cloud, of, the cloud of smoke during the day and the pillar of fire at night. And in every step of the wilderness, there was a physical representation of the Holy Spirit's guidance. Right? There was the pillar of fire and the pillar of smoke that, that they didn't need to be decision makers. They didn't have to have a map of the wilderness because they had a guide. The Holy Spirit was there every single day. When it was time to move, the cloud moved. And they packed up all their stuff and they moved. And when it was time to stop and set up camp, the cloud would stop or the pillar of fire would stop. Right? And, and they got really good, like we have done over the last 11 years, really good at setting up and tearing down. That they, they, they had it down to a science. But they weren't the ones to decide, okay, Holy Spirit, it's time for us to go. Sometimes we do that, don't we? That we, we, we're kind of like what Mark Batterson says, that we're not followers of Jesus. We're asking Jesus to follow us. And, and we want what we want. And we're hoping that he'll just bless whatever our dumb choice is. The Holy Spirit is in us. And, and he lives in our spirit. And when your heart is not at peace, with a decision, when your heart is not at peace over a choice or over a direction, there is an absolute correlation that that peace that passes all understanding is an indicator that you should not be making that choice or going in that direction. Does that make sense? When we choose to follow Jesus, we are walking in His steps, not the other way around. It's in His steps. Um, I, I, my my daughter is dating a young man who's in the in the army, and I'm sure that um, in the course of his training, there is something uh, li- like this. 
that uh, when soldiers are taught how to clear a minefield. Now, none of us have ever been in a combat situation where there were mines in the ground, but we've all seen movies of that one guy who steps in the wrong spot and... But soldiers are taught how to clear a minefield, and instructors tell them to step precisely in the footprint left by the person in front of you. Because the concept is pretty simple. If that guy stepped there and he didn't blow up, there's not a mine there. So, so when, they, when, you, when they didn't set off a landmine, they, you know that it's safe to step on that spot. The only spot guaranteed to be, guaranteed to be safe was the ground under that footprint. Stepping anywhere else means death. The person in the front of your patrol uh, is called the point man. And his job is to make sure that he clears any mines or booby traps before moving forward. And everyone else's job is to walk where he walks and step where he steps. So when we say we're following Jesus, when we're following the Holy Spirit, Living as Jesus lived and doing what Jesus did, we are letting, we are inviting the Holy Spirit to be our point man. Lead me so that I can follow. He will never lead you to step on a landmine. Ever. We step on the landmines when we're like, I got this. Number one, speak to him daily. Number two, listen. Number three, follow your peace. He will bring peace when you've made the the right choice or when you're moving in the right direction. And the last thing, number four, Joel chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 says, That is why the Lord says, Turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting and weeping and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts. Instead, return to the Lord your God, for He is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Last thing is, if you don't know, if you're unclear about the next step that you're supposed to take, consider fasting. Jesus talked to his disciples that there was one demon that they really just couldn't get out of this person. And it was a problem because they were just like, Jesus said, you could do this stuff. And and we prayed and nothing happened. And Jesus' response to them was that sometimes these things only happen with prayer and fasting. That there are times when we have a major decision, a major choice that impacts our family or our career or, or our lives, or our lives, that um, would highly recommend you consider taking a day to say, Lord, I am. This decision is so important. I'm not going to eat anything. I'm drink water, please drink water. Um, but I'm going to pray and fast that you're going to give me direction in this situation. And a lot of people don't like that one, right? Because we don't like to not eat. We love. We love our food. Um, but in Acts chapter 13, Paul and the, and the other disciples fasted because they desperately needed to hear God's voice. They needed His direction and they weren't really sure. If you have a major decision that you're facing right now, 
consider taking a time to not just pray about it, but fast. And what does that do? What it does is it minimizes your body and mind and opens your spirit to hear Him speak. And directions become obvious when they've been confusing. Fast until uh, supper in a crisis. You won't die, I promise. If there's something going on that you are battling, it's a, it's a struggle in your marriage, consider fasting breakfast and lunch and taking those times, not just, not just don't eat, right? Because fasting without prayer is called what? A diet. Exactly. If you're not praying in that time when you're not eating, it's not fasting. It's starving yourself for no purpose. Pray. Because to be honest, we can all, they, they call it living off the land, we all have enough reserves that if we didn't eat breakfast and lunch, you're not going to die by dinner. I promise you. But in this fasting and prayer, focus on and follow the Holy Spirit. Follow Him in your, your ministry here at LifeQuest. Follow Him in your marriage. Follow Him in the marketplace at your jobs. Nothing is too difficult for Him and He is waiting for us to call on Him for that direction that we need in our lives. Number one, speak to Him directly. Number two, listen. Number three, follow your peace. Number four, fast about major decisions. Galatians chapter 5, verses 25 and 26. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I want to wrap our time up with that quote from Mark Batterson and then a prayer. Mark says, too many times I want Jesus to follow me. I want Jesus to serve my purposes. I want Jesus to do my will. This morning as we close, I'd invite you to join me in praying. God, I want you to revive my life. I want to follow You. Help me to get out of the way and navigate my life into following Your will. Let's pray that together if you wouldn't, wouldn't mind just repeating after me. If, if you want that to be the prayer that you, we close out with this morning. God, I want You to revive my life. I want to follow You. Help me to get out of the way. Navigate my life into following Your will. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Good news. Ten minutes early. And it is an egg Sunday. Thank you. Awesome. And we have snow. So the snow day that we didn't get yesterday, go grab your sleds and go sledding. It's a gorgeous day to sled. Uh, it is not a gorgeous day to shovel. It's the wet stuff. So please be careful uh, if you're going to be out shoveling this afternoon. Again, remember we've got our annual business meeting coming up. You don't have to be a member to attend. 
It's a potluck dinner, so please bring a dish to pass. If you are not getting the bulletin, uh, if you're not getting our communications, uh, either by email during the week or you don't have the app that, that gives you the bulletin, you can go to lifequest.cc on our website, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and there's a little button that says click here if you want the bulletin. Um, and that would just be a way for you to know what's happening and what's going on here at LifeQuest. Blessings. Have a fantastic week.